This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, you are watching the Blue Monday podcast. This is a three times weekly show looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club, now available on podcast and on YouTube. My name is Benjamin Bloom. I'll be here each and every Friday for the Blue Monday preview show with a special guest to get their inside of view on the next opponent for Ipswich Town. Ladies and gentlemen, for his second appearance, the return, the glorious return he's been through counseling he's been through <laughs> he's been through simon grayson um representing the roker report podcast and website um mr right i can get this right mr graham mcmillan mason graham how you doing Spot on. i'm all right i'm not bad I'm, I'm fresh and early it's friday not saturday three o'clock so i'm all right <laughs> lovely stuff <laughs> um you're in glasgow but you've been in berlin all week yes I have, yes. Um, so the plan is to, to move to Berlin. Um, now that that's recorded, I suppose that's it. set in stone, but when that is, we don't know. But yes, I took I took my, my wonderful mom to Berlin for a couple of days. What's in Berlin? Everything. Um, I love Berlin. I, I love the, the culture, the people, the pubs, the pints, the football to an extent. Um, although it would be far away from Sunderland, that's probably a good thing, I think. From a mental state. I bet it's cheaper to get from Berlin to Sunderland on public transport than it is from Ipswich to Sunderland. It is. I mean, I remember I went in March to see a a, a band and it was £40 return. (laughs) But if I went to London, they played a one-off show in London. If I went to London, it was going to cost me 90 quid. I I, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why, why is that even a thing? Like... There was well, there there, there's there's a story every like six months or so of someone actually you know going no I'm going to do this and they find yeah. that it's cheaper to go from I don't know London to Hull and they do do it they do they go yeah. via Munich or whatever just to I, I read a point. A, I read a story from a guy who was like commuting in like he bought a flat in like Barcelona and he was like oh it's great. He was like, you know, I, I go to work, I get up at five in the morning, I, I get the flight to London, I'm back in my flat by 12, but I can spend the weekend on the beach. But like, I keep reading these stories and going, but when do you sleep? Yeah. that's yeah, like, At what point does sleep happen? Yeah. That's like, I don't know. sleep, isn't it? Um, tell us about the website um, and the podcast, where our guys can find it and what you're going to be doing over the weekend. Yeah. So we've got, um, the website is probably the main source of the material we have. Um, I'm probably responsible for some interviews now and again with with former players um, at RokerReport.com. But we've got all sorts of stuff going on. We have like a a prediction league. We have the Roker Riches. We have general fan opinion, um, which varies. A lot of people sometimes think certain websites have a certain agenda. Trust me, not all of us get on and some of us really badly. Um, But that's because we have varying different opinions. But one thing it is, is it's, it's passionate. Uh, like any fan site should be, I think we're all really passionate about Sunderland. You kind of have to be because it's definitely a labour of love supporting Sunderland. The podcast is through your usual channels, Acast, uh, YouTube these days, and you can also get it through, of course, iTunes if you're an Apple user. Um, and we have like this one, 
um, where we just chat about the match in general, just a general Sunday one. We had Danny Collins on the podcast last week, which was great. A former Ipswich player, I think. Um, obviously a complete cult hero at Sunland. And we've also got... Oh, I love Danny Collins. Yeah. Um, did did I, I interviewed him last week, actually, and he was talking about... We had a song about him playing for Brazil. And he said it followed him to different clubs. Did that follow him to Ipswich? I don't recall. I must admit there's a bit of a haze of about um, a few years where I I vanished from uh, from Ipswich for career things. So I may not have been around. I may not. Have, I may have been in a different mindset, spiritual mindset <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for a few years then. But it, it may have. I was just going to ask about the prediction league. Is there? Yeah. Whenever you do a prediction league, there's always someone who they gets to write down their prediction. And then, then their little heart takes over, and they just predict that you're going to win every single week. Is there anyone who's like way bottom just because they they just get excited? Right, we're going to do it this week. This week, four well, one this week. I, I tend to do. I, there is. Um, there's there's a few people that do that because you have to have a little bit of hope with Sunderland. You have to, because um, otherwise you you're buggered. Um, but with uh, I, th- I would say probably Tom who lives in Florida sunny Florida I don't know if the sun affects him but I'm sure he took us to beat Birmingham 4-0 last week and we got beat 3-1 um, <laughs> and the realistic just a seven one. goal swing yeah yeah I mean I- and the realistic one we've got a one where we we have like a thing called Walker Riches where we bet on other matches and some of the matches as well the round table is like just based on our games and things like that. I'm, I'm, I was actually really bad at the Walker Riches and predicting other teams' results. I was horrendous because I care about Sunderland and pretty much Sunderland only. So I'm like, yeah, yeah Man- Mansfield to win this week. I don't know what form they're in in the bottom <laughs> of the league and they get beat. Um, but I've pulled it back. I've been chucking big money on like just Bayern Munich every week and they just never lose, ever. Gamble responsibly, people. Well, you should have... Um... Inside insider knowledge on the on the German um, thing, right? So I like to think so. We've delayed long enough now before we have to mention the um, the, 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 <laughs> the, great, the greatest moment of Ipswich's season and the worst moment of um, Sunderland's season. So you were on the podcast the day before. It was a great show. Um, in fact, if you're, it, it's a long journey to Sunderland, go back and listen to that one. You can find that in the archives. Um, so Graham came on, and you. <laughs> <laughs> you you were proper down before that show and you told me yeah. this is going to be terrible we're going to get battered and lo and behold um mick goes 4-2-3-1 for the first time waghorn plays the the match of the season um and it was 5-2 so you were you were right um what are your what are your memories of the game i've just reclined <laughs> yeah, sure. you know where it's going to go. <laughs> um, well, we discussed yesterday on our podcast, one of the big memories is Jason Steele flapping about like now else. That bloke's not even a goalkeeper. And I think if you watch back the highlights of, I think I'm sure it's the fourth goal when McGoldrick, he kind of, he tries to take him down, but like spins him around like he's a pole dancer. I don't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> like, And I mean, that that guy's an idiot. Like, I, and I hate to criticise anyone that is... Wearing a red and white shirt, but dear God, like some. T- I, I mean, I feel sorry for him. Actually, I remembered yesterday, Jason Steele came out in the interview after the Ipswich game, and obviously questions were asked. Like the the media were like, you know, what's going on? You've just got bad off Ipswich, who were not like top of the league. Like it was, I think he was seventh, eighth or something at the time, and we got slaughtered. And and Jason Steele was like on the camera, and I'm sure you can watch the interview somewhere. And he was basically crying, and he's just like, I really care. Like I care so much. Like it, it really matters to the the boys, and we're, we're trying our best. And it was just like, oh bless him, he's he's just crap. Um, and I remember that vividly. And then I remember also Mick McCarthy consoling Simon Grayson and saying, oh, it wasn't a five-two game. Mick loves Simon Grayson, Graham. How can uh, it, uh, he's? Oh no! Like the thing with with Simon Grayson is he was he was like a bumbling idiot. It was like it's almost like he'd sat in the seat of the stadium light and gone, bloody hell, this is big. What, what's this? Like, and and I always found it amazing that Simon Grayson actually doesn't have any lips. Like he's got none. And like, Neil Warnock nothing there. has no eyebrows. At least he can manage a football club. To be fair, when, <laughs> in the ta- championship, it's taken me a lot of years to admit <coughs> to admit because I hated him for so many years. But he's actually he's actually very good. Um, is this one as simple? Forget tactics. Forget formations is this just one as simple as Sunderland just 
did not run and you know even engage in the match on the same level that is is it that is it that kind simple? of i think so because i mean grayson um bless him he, he, he wasn't someone you could hate but he wasn't someone that could inspire and he never was not not really um i think we all kidded ourselves and, and said yo you know he's, he's done all right with preston he's done all right with huddersfield and you know, all due respect to those teams. I want someone who's done well with, you know, a, a, a solid team like Chris Coleman is inspiring because you've seen what he did with his country. You've seen what he did with, you know, certain clubs. And I mean, his record's not perfect, but he's definitely inspiring. Um, and on that night, it was just, I think it was one of those games where we were, we were starting to get really worried that we were getting beat one, two every week or we were drawn at home to QBR and just being genuinely really uninspiring and Grayson would come out and say, oh, you know, I can see the boys are getting there. I can see that James Vaughan's jumping up and, and winning two headers as opposed to none, grabbing the scoring goals. We're, we're almost there. And everyone was kind of like, but we're not. And then everyone kind of just felt a bit, it, it, it sounds depressing, but it's almost like apathetic. And especially at that point, and I think everyone went, oh, Ipswich away, it's quite a tough game. We, we very rarely win at Ipswich. So I think the team went there, half of them, not good enough, half of them not caring enough. The fan base, not you expecting give, Graham, anything. You can give McGeady a pass because he he basically created the and scored the two goals. McGeady plays when he wants to play. McGeady's, and the thing is with McGeady's, he's brilliant on YouTube. Brilliant on YouTube. Um, and he scored some belters this season, but... I think with McGeady, he wanted to play under Grayson. I mean, he scored a really good goal down at Nottingham Forest, but he doesn't even get in the team. There's like 18-year-olds getting in the team ahead of him now. So that that kind of stipulates what's happened with, with McGeady. I think we knew that when we signed McGeady. I think we knew that. I think we knew he was going to be a, a mood player. And I think you get that with wingers. But the situation at the moment, we can't have anyone without a mood that's not all for one and, and one for all. With something you've, you, we've really got to start like, doing something and and Coleman's Coleman's done quite well with getting that mentality back we we wanted Chris Martin which would have been a good sign and I think especially in the way we play and he, he he asked for 48 hours and then he asked for another 48 hours and Chris Coleman went no you don't want to play for Sunderland enough I'm not having you it doesn't matter yeah he was waiting for waiting for another offer to come in wasn't he he was um, waiting for Reading which is depressing in its own way but it's just down the M4 across from Fulham isn't it yeah so. You know, but I'm a Sunderland no, no, fan. No, he's, he's Derby, isn't he? Oh, he's I a Derby forget, now, yeah. Yeah, yeah forget who, right. actually, who actually owns him anymore. But yeah, um, very good player, Chris Martin, but real um, real um, nasty character, I think. Um, yeah. Um, let's, just, let's just go back to sort of October time. Um, so after the town game, <laughs> I mean, you're not losing. It's four draws out of five. And uh, we discussed this last night because I'd just seen... Um, McCarthy rests six players away at Cardiff and Ipswich lose 3-1 so they could beat Preston on on the Saturday. I'm, I'm driving back. I just did my YouTube video and, and it comes through. Oh, and Simon Grayson has, has gone from from Sunderland, which was good because I, I literally had the whole of the M4 to drive down and I, I knew we'd get lots of nice Sunderland fans um, <laughs> calling up on Talk Sport, so entertain me on the way home. Um can you summarise the the Simon Grayson reign? What went wrong, and would you would you be any higher up now? Would it be better if he'd stayed? Um... No, um, I think there's a there's a train of thought that Sunderland are unmanageable, uh, which I don't agree with. I don't agree with it at all, and and that's why I like Chris Coleman because he's came in and embraced what Sunderland is. Everyone's quite surprised he came in and he's just like, this is a massive football club. If I get this right, it's perfect. And he, he's right. I think the problem with Grayson was that it never felt right. He felt, and I, I don't want to say anyone's below Sunderland because we're second bottom of the championship. Like We, we need to accept that, that that's where we are and it may feel weird and unusual. We may think we're better than that, but we're not. We're not. But our potential is. And I think Grayson came in and he was like, oh, my eyes are open. I know what's happening and stuff like that. And at that point, after having David Moyes, we didn't really need that. We needed someone like Chris Coleman that says, you know, I'm going to work out who wants it here. I'm going to work out who, who, who really... And he said something, Coleman, when he came in. And he said it in his Welsh accent, which I won't do. But he said, I've got to get this club and this city 
rocking and rolling. And Simon Grayson just doesn't have that kind of, it's not even a, a, a good set of words. It's just, it, we get it. You have to get the area. And I don't think Grayson, I don't think Grayson knew what he, what he had. I don't think Grayson knew how big the job was. I don't think many people do. Is, is Grayson think, more an underdog manager, do you think? Yeah, that, I think so. I mean, people said of David Moyes, I mean, I don't, far be it for me to compare Man United to Sunderland, that he turned Everton into a hard-to-beat, um, challenging team. And then he tried yeah. to turn Man United into a hard-to-beat, challenging team. And that's, you know, it's a different, it's a different kind of, yeah, different kind of mindset. And once you've spent so many years swimming upstream with Huddersfield or um, Preston, Preston. element Preston. of that. I just think with Grayson, he was—he just didn't fit. I mean, um, we were talking about it yesterday at the transfer window, the players that he brought in. I could go through each and every one and tell you how each one's been a disaster. Jason Steele and Robin Reuter, the two goalkeepers, have cost us about 30 goals. Um, and that, that's no joke. I mean, literally about 30 goals. And I'm not even talking about the cup games. They're both flapping crosses. One of them's marginally better than the other one. But, like, I, I don't know by what level um james vaughan just didn't work if you sign a striker from league one it's not going to work um and he just he didn't seem to have a grasp on reality at points um like we'd draw it home to qpr and be absolutely dire and mcgeady would score a screamer from 25 yards out which happened quite a bit after that ipswich game he was scoring like screamers from 20 yards 25 yards out and you go, oh, I can see the boys are buying it, you know, what I want to do. And I think we played well and we're getting closer to that win. And it was just like, mate, we're not. We're getting nowhere near it. Like, we look as uninspired as ever. You don't know what your, your team is. I mean, he changed the goalkeepers every four games. He came out after that Ipswich game and he said about um, Jason Steele, he said, oh, Jason Steele, I put him back in the team because he's the best goalkeeper in training. He's been the best goalkeeper that I've seen. And we were like, right. And he said, he's been brilliant in training. And I was like, yeah, but he's just let five goals in and, and pretty badly. And then I think it was the game later, we dropped him again. So he talked him up and, oh, no, it was the Bolton game. So it was, he put him in the team every game after that. He was horrific in every game after that. And he talked him up before the Bolton game. Sorry, that was wrong. My timing's incorrect. He talked him up before the Bolton game and people are saying, you've got to put Reuter in because he's, he's slightly better. And he's like, oh, Steele's been the best goalkeeper in training. And he's, he's, he's got the right mentality. He cries on TV um, pretty <laughs> much. Um, it, and then he dropped him. And it was just like, it, I don't think he understood himself. I think he was just saying words. It sounded, and I wrote this on an article when it happened, Simon Grayson sounded like he was reading from a cue card. Chris Coleman doesn't. Chris Coleman seems to understand the area. I feel sorry for him because he's right manager at the wrong time, I think. Um, he seems to get the area and the team Grayson never did. So um, you'll be able to smart me up on this. It seems to be the timing was that after that Tuesday night game, because of an international um, break, that they would have yeah. two and a half weeks with one game in to work on Coleman. Now, I just read up a little bit, but tell me if I'm wrong. So he was still with the um with the Wales job yeah. but he was in contract negotiations for them so he's basically rejected a Wales contract um to go and manage Sunderland um i mean you've already spoken fairly positive of him but my my question to you is do do the premier league clubs actually recognize the like skill set of an international manager it seems like you can imagine him going right. I got Wales to the semi-finals of the Euros, and them going. So, yeah. you know, do you know do you know the European transfer market? Um, have you done a hundred Premier League games? Is, is that is that the case? And I mean, same thing with Mick McCarthy, obviously, because he was a successful, very similar. You know, yeah, did a job. Yeah. Um, so, t- tell me your views on the appointment. Um, whether I've got any of that wrong, and what's what's your view on the <coughs> on the actual level of an international manager and whether it has any any influence think, on club management at all i think with with coleman um when he came in he no one really discussed him because he seemed like a manager that 
no one even thought about it because Coleman his, his stock is really high. Like, obviously, I think everyone expects a few Premiership managers to be going around that point. So he never really came up. A few people mentioned like the lower league managers. I think we were looking at the guy from Shrewsbury. Uh, Paul Heckenbottom um, from Barnsley was linked to it for a little while. Ali McCoist. Oh, yeah, Ali McCoist. Um, I love Ali McCoist because my family's all player. Rangers. What a player. Um, and he played for Sunderland and he's got he's apparently got a Sunderland season ticket, but it would have been like, as, as one of our writers, Tom, uh, one of my best friends, uh, wrote, it would have been a proper banter appointment because it would have <laughs> just been like... Ali McCoist, here you go. But it, that was, I think that was closer than it should have been. going to go one of two ways. Probably one way. Um, but With the, Gazza as um, assistant manager. Oh, that that would be the, I, w- I would take that. I would take, I, if he could play in midfield, he'd probably get the game still. Oh, wow. um, just give him, give him a couple of whiskeys, he'd be all right. Um, don't, don't, but he, don't, don't give him any whiskey, don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> love, love, love Gazza though. Have you, have you, are you following him on Twitter? Gazza. Yeah, he's brilliant. Are you, yeah, not, yeah, are you not a little bit worried that he's gonna? He's, he's you can see he's all happy and he's you know and someone's gonna say something mean to him on Twitter and oh. D- I hope not. The thing the thing I love about Gaza is the, the and maybe I shouldn't say this, but the Raul Moat situation when he went down <laughs> with like a fishing rod, like only <laughs> like any anybody else, you'd be like, oh my god, like what's he doing? But it was like, oh Gaza. Gaza, mate. Yeah, it's like driving, driving to Aberdeen with no shoes on, eating a Tobler and <laughs> pure partridge, isn't it? It was very much pure partridge. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was, um, yeah, I love Gaza, bless him. Um, a, where was I player? again? So, I'm so sorry, that's my fault. You were, no, no, you no, were mid, We were discussing who else was the, um, with the with the candidates when Coleman was signed. That's right. So we were... I think with a few people, and Heckenbottom seemed to be the the one, or Ali, Ali McCoyst. Um And Walter Smith apparently helped him with the searching for a manager. Don't know, don't know why he did that, because it's obvious that he was going to go, Ali McCoyst, because he did that at Rangers. Um, turned out, because uh, we have Martin Bain. Martin Bain's our CEO, who used to be at Rangers. You hate um, Martin Bain, don't you? I can't stand the bloke. Um, some people have a degree of sympathy. I think he is... Um, I don't think he's great. I don't think he's great. I think it's a very... He keeps coming out and, and saying, oh, I've got, I've got a job to do, I've got this to do. But if you look at his recruitment and, and that's what he's head of, the only thing he's really done good is, is sign Coleman in. And I, I think... I, I don't know what he did. I don't feel like drugged him or something to get him in. And he's um, named, named but, after a Batman villain, literally, as well, isn't he? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he, he very much resembles that. Um, it's quite a good video, actually, about Transfer Deadline Day. And, like, everyone... It's, a, it's actually a good video. Like, Sunderland's social media has been terrible for seasons, but it's got really good the past few weeks. Like, really... Like, it's like they've discovered gifts, and it's brilliant. Um, <laughs> but there's a there's a, a video of the Transfer Deadline Day, and, and Martin Bain, like, walks in right at the start, and he just looks at... I don't know who it is, but somebody at the desk, and he goes, what are you doing here? And it's, I was... I, I'm, I feel like I'm the only one that noticed it, and I'm like... That was really harsh. That's just the woman on the desk, I think. Um, but we all know, you know, um, about David Moyes and, and his reaction to female reporters. So, you know, maybe they go the same way. Um, sorry, Martin, that's not liable. Um, but when it comes to getting Coleman in, uh, he, he it kind of came out of nowhere. It seemed to be like, oh, we're looking at Coleman. And we were like, Coleman? All right, I can get on board with Coleman. Um, and then he came in. And he said all the right stuff, and he he didn't sound like he was reading from a cue card. And I think Coleman just sees the club. I think he likes the idea of what he did with Wales. He could do this with Sunderland because Sunderland are huge. Like, and I, I know people disagree, but we are. If we can get this right, if someone gets Sunderland right, you want an absolute winner because we love you forevermore. It's one of those ones where if you do get a manager with any kind of ego to say to have a look around and think, right, if this place yeah. is full and they're winning, and I'm I'm the guy, um, you know, there's, there's, I think Coleman's yeah. got a bit of that about him, hasn't he? Um, so he Definitely. takes five points from his first five games, um, including a win against Burton, which doesn't sound the most important thing, but if you're talking about staying up, th- those are the games you, you have to take the points. Um, draw at Wolves, um, and <laughs> chatting to the Wolves guys on the podcast, they were peed off about that one. That was a 10 men behind the ball job, wasn't it? Um, no, no, and, no, no. 
<laughs> and go, I think they may have the last laugh, Graham. But um, go, going into the game against Fulham, probably this irritating the hell out of you. This much quoted stat of um, no wins in 2017. But and was it actually a whole 365 days? They they went without a home win. One day off. One, One day, day off. off. Okay. Yeah. Um, what what did he change to start the? Because you know that's sort of eight points from the from the first six, which if you if you roll that out, we'll probably just about do. Yeah, um, I mean, what, what did he, what did he, what did he change straight off? He, he showed the defense up. I mean, the thing is, we were scoring goals. Um, like if you look at some of the games, we, we'd scored like three against Bolton. We we'd scored goals. We we knew where Brent, the net Brentford. was. Brentford three against Brentford. Yeah, like um, Graben would would know where the net was, and and that's where Graben got a lot of his goals. Um, but defensively, we hadn't kept a clean sheet under Grayson, like at all. And I think. He came in at first and he played like four at the back. He had like a right back, a left back and two centre halves. But then I think it was the Wolves game um, where he put the Wales formation of three centre halves, like five, 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 four, one or five, three, two. Um, and that, that's what Wolves play as well. So that would have matched up um, nicely. Yeah, we got we got Catamol sent off as well um, in that game. So that was even more impressive. But yeah, he just he showed the defense up a little bit. But it's it's kind of I was saying to you yesterday on the podcast, it's a bit weird. We we seem to keep a clean sheet and win one nil, or, or draw nil nil, or we get like beat four nil now. So, but he he basically showed the defense up a lot. But the the good thing about him, and especially in the Fulham game, so Josh Madger had been injured all season, but he had a really good preseason under Grayson. I think he was our top scorer preseason. So everyone was quite excited and thought. Well, you know, maybe this kid could contribute as well. And Asol has been, he's been linked to be, he's been um, likened to be like, you know, one of our next big things for a while, but he never really did it. But when Coleman came in, he brought Asoro on against Burton and he set the second goal up and everyone went, all right. And Asoro seemed to be one of those players that's like, right, new manager, I'm going to show him that, you know, although I'm 18, I'm good enough. Um, and Madger, people were kind of excited anyway. And he came back from injury and he, he had Asoro and Madger on the bench. And he went with two up front. He went with Graben and Vaughan up front. And he had the three at the back. So we were quite defensively solid. But we, we had, like, Vaughan actually had a good game that day. And, and Graben always has to be watched. But what he did when it seemed like we weren't kind of getting the breakthrough, I think about 20 minutes from the end, he basically took Vaughan and Graben off and put Asoro and Maggio on and basically said, you know, enjoy yourself, go for it. And within like five minutes, Maggio turned his man, put it in the bottom corner and we won 1-0. And he took a risk, but he showed the defence up as well. And it, it hasn't been perfect, but when he gets it right, he does get it right. Like I was saying yesterday, although the form doesn't look perfect, if you compare it to Grayson and bearing in mind that he's, he hasn't got, I mean, Grayson only got a few points because Ada McGeady suddenly decided to score 25 yarders. Like, that's the only reason Grayson got mainly any points. Um, under Coleman, you can see sort of a cohesion. Sometimes it falls to pieces and we get beat 4-0 off Cardiff and we're horrific. But he's starting to weed the characters that want to be here as well. He's starting to weed out the ones that don't want to be here. Like, the Rodwell situation is actually really funny. There was a, a big Twitter thing yesterday about Jack Rodwell, which I'd, I'd recommend anyone to read about. Um, but Rodwell basically got asked, you know, do you do you want to be here? Do you want it? Um, you know, your, your career's flagging. We're paid £10 million for you. Do you want to rebuild your career here? And Rodwell, as far as I'm aware, has said that he doesn't want to be here. So Coleman said, well, we'll rip up your contract. You can go where you want. And then Rodwell did this big interview about how he wants to play for England and stuff again. at centre off. What he's talking about, um, but he's basically done a, a lot of good stuff with people in the background. I think as well on attitude and application, and the good thing now is, I suppose, with Grayson, if, if Grayson tried to do it, we would have backed him, but he wasn't very inspiring. Coleman is getting a bit of a we're we're all on his side with Coleman. We're very much behind him, so I think if anyone speaks out of turn or doesn't want to play for Sunderland or shows a lack of commitment we're going to back Coleman and they're going to be under fire and they're going to want to leave that club pretty quick. And that's eventually what we might need. I'm just worried that by the time that happens and we, we get the right mentality in the club, it might be a little bit too late. Mm. Um, so Coleman picks up, uh, you mentioned them, third and fourth wins, clean sheets over Hull and Forest. And you mentioned 
enough little moments of you know clean sheets and narrow victories, the type that you need when the chips are down. Um, exit from the FA Cup, but I'm sure you're not remotely bothered about that at all. Um, so form-wise, where do we where do we sort of stand today? Are you in good form, bad form? Last game was horrific. Um, that's a really weird thing. Some of our worst performances of the season have come under Coleman, but some of our best have as well. The consistency is missing at the moment. I definitely think it's consistency that's missing because this hopeful performance, we, we seem to like beat Hull 1-0 and everyone goes, oh, hang on, here we go. Or we'll, we'll go to Nottingham Forest and we'll beat Nottingham Forest 1-0 and you go, oh, hang on, like things are all right here. We beat Fulham, things, are, things might be all right here. This is where we might kick on. And then directly the game afterwards, we seem to get absolutely battered. Or we got beat, like we beat Hull 1-0, massive game because Hull, we could drag into it. We thought go to Birmingham, even just get a point from Birmingham would be all right. We got beat 3-1 and it was game over by half time, we're 2-0 down at half time. Um, beat Nottingham Forest and then a few weeks later you get hammered off Cardiff. Um, no, it was actually Barnsley. We got beat 1-0 at home off Barnsley, which was a terrible performance, really bad. Darren Gibson got injured in that game. And Darren Gibson actually was one of our best players under Coleman. Um, but I think he's going to be out till about April, May. So we've kind of got to accept that. But um, that that game turned on its head when Gibson went off injured because we lost the guy in the middle. That was just keeping things simple and, and keeping things taken over. So form-wise, it's, it depends on the game you ask. If you'd asked me last week, I would have said, yeah, you know, we played really well against all the young boys came into the job. But it's, it's a lot of inconsistency at the moment. I still think he's trying to... I still think he's got a lot of people in there that maybe don't want to be here, if I'm honest with you. And I think it's you can do everything possible, but when you, you, your squad is so thin and so short on quality and you've got people in there that sometimes you have to play because there's nobody else, like literally nobody else, I think it's maybe only natural to expect cons- uh, inconsistency. But you... Well, we certainly can't afford it at the moment. And that's my worry of why, why we'll drop down in League One. It's not the manager. It's not that I'm not hopeful of the manager. It's not that I'm not hopeful in the younger boys that are coming into the team and some of the older heads. I just think it's probably going to take too long to fix. And by that point, I think we could be cut adrift. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, We understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, You mentioned the people not wanting to be there. Is that still hungover from... uh, Premier League or are there now some Grayson bodies that came in that also don't want to be there? Well I think so yeah I mean I I can only read between the lines but um, Coleman said something along the lines of he's got players in the team now in in the January window that want to be here they've got things to prove he's got a young boy from Liverpool Um, I I can't pronounce his name Um, but apparently he's very good 
um, or at least has potential. He's got Ashley Fletcher that probably has quite a lot of proof. Um, and he brought in Lee Camp in goal. And he also brought in Jake Clark Salter from Chelsea on loan as well. So he's obviously, they're, they're Coleman players. He's, he's had a chance to chat to them eye to eye. And we can see he's not just bringing in anybody, hence the Chris Martin situation. I think he's bringing in people that want to be here. And what he said was, I've got rid of some of the people that don't want to be here, that don't want to wear something shirt. And I've got some people in that do now. So there's certain players that are still here that maybe you could put under that um, that banner of doesn't want to be here, Rodwell. But, you know, who would want Jack Rodwell? Like, I don't know anyone that would want Jack Rodwell. Um, Kone. But there's rumours that Kone's attitude's been good in the background. And Coleman's commented on that. He said his attitude's been good. So maybe not include Kone in that either, um, as bad as he was on Tuesday. Jason Steele probably does want to be here, but I, I think he's, he's probably going to accept that it hasn't worked out, but a move to Derby broke down. So uh, there is some people here, like Ndong's gone. Ndong made it pretty clear he didn't want to be here. He's gone to Watford on loan. I'm in London Colney, so he's literally just about three streets down there, probably as we speak yeah. on, the, on the training pitch. Um, you've... You've mentioned most of the transfer window stuff there. That was going to be my next question. Um, okay. Obviously, Rodwell's stuff didn't happen. Chris Martin's stuff didn't happen. Um, net gain or net loss in the in the transfer window? Uh, I think it probably would have evened out. I think um, we brought in J. Claude Salter, Lee Camp, uh, the boy from Liverpool, and Ashley Fletcher. Fletcher. I'm not entirely sure what their wages would be that we're paying. I assume some of them will be some wages. Maybe the boy from Chelsea. And, and, maybe Dongs, not. and Dongs doesn't cover all of those four players then. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I hope so. I mean, the Ian Dong one was a weird one. I have Because he's, he's gone with an obligation to buy. And there was a big rumour a couple of weeks prior to his move. And Coleman came out and he said, why would we let Didier and Dong go out on loan? Where's the financial benefit to, to us for that? He might not want to be here, but if he's going to go, it's going to be under my, under my. Uh, what, what's going to benefit Sunderland is what he said actually. Um, so I, I assume that we've had a loan fee. I assume they're paying his wages, and I assume that there's some decent money that we're going to get back from. I'm, I'm almost certain. I don't know this for a fact because I don't know Sunderland's financial sheets or, or, or the information, but. I'm almost certain that Didier Dong, although he was 13 million, is paid for in instalments. So I would imagine whatever instalments we have left to pay, that's what Watford will pay at the end of the season. They'll cover his wages to the end of the season and maybe give us a bit of a loan fee. So potentially he could have covered all four, um, but I, I don't 100% know. So I think it would have maybe evened out possibly. Mm, okay. Um, let's transition to the game then tomorrow. Um, who do you see lining up for... Sunderland and just generally can you pick out two or three key players for the Ipswich fans to watch out for? Yeah, yeah, for sure um, I think you'll probably, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the goalkeeper because I don't know if Lee Camp's been signed as backup, I assume not he's he's wanted a, um, an experienced goalkeeper, whether he'll, he'll throw him straight in I don't know, I, he'll, I hope he does He'll, he'll play, yeah I think he will. Um, so I think he'll probably go with Lee Camp and goal. Um, he'll probably start with three at the back. I don't know if John O'Shea is fit. If not O'Shea, it'll probably be Kone. If Kone is fit, because he went down injured on Tuesday as well. Alongside him, he'll have Clark Salter and Tyus Browning. He'll probably go with Adam Matthews as a, a right back, right wing back. Oviedo on the other side. Who's, who's, who's been playing well? Yeah, Oviedo's had a good season. For me, probably, off the top of my head, probably I will play the season so far. Scored yeah, I really like Tuesday him. as well, didn't he? He did. Yeah, yeah. A, a good goal as well. And I like Oviedo because he's probably one of those players that has the right kind of quality. Yeah, I'd probably say he's, he's premiership level. Low level, but I, I think he's premiership level. But he showed a, a willing to fight and a lot of commitment. And he's never whinged or moaned. And he's exactly, to me... What seems the kind of character we'd want in the club. Um, he's very underappreciated, Brian Oviedo, oddly enough. Um, but he'll be on the left-hand side we've in the been, middle. Graham, sorry to interrupt. We've been fairly, no, no, go ahead. We've been fairly weak defensively down the right-hand side. If if McGoldrick's there, he's a really skillful player, but he he, he ain't interested in defending him. Yeah. Spence is weird. The right back. Some games you're like. Away from West Ham. Started at West Ham. Yeah. Um, some some games you're like, oh, this guy is amazing. He's really really good still, and he just has the odd the odd game where 
he doesn't make a good decision. All it's game, almost like so. I feel like every player in the championship has that ability. Yeah, championship yeah. players are like that's why they're that playing like, in the championship. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like the ones that you like. Oh, there he had a good game this week. Oh, what's he doing this week? That's like the championship. It's the level of like this just mad inconsistency and not yeah. quite having enough. Um, in the middle, we'll have Catamol. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. <clears throat> we'll probably have Catamol in the middle. Um, alongside him, you'll probably have George Honeyman uh, to go with him as well. You're, I don't know if he'll go with Asoro and Madger up front. I assume he's probably going to drop one of them. I assume maybe Asoro. And he's going to go with Fletcher. Yeah, I would, I would imagine so, yeah. Um, and I think he'll probably go with, uh, you know, Catamol, Honeyman, and the new boy from Liverpool. I think you'll chuck all the new the new guys in. I think you'll want fresh blood, fresh faces, people who are maybe not bogged down by the kind of turmoil that Sunderland football seems to consistently be, fresh faces with something to prove. Um, and I think probably players to watch out for. I'd say Oviedo, definitely. Yeah, I think, you know, very underappreciated. Not by me. I love him. I think he's great. Um, and then, you know, Fletcher, I suppose, someone to watch out for. And I said this yesterday, we get a lot of stick as a website because a lot of us actually like George Honeyman. But if George Honeyman has a good game, you know, creatively, he's very good. Maybe a little bit small, and when he has a bad game, he does have a really bad game. But he, he's never anything lower than the six, in my opinion. Um, so I, I think Honeyman, Oviedo, and I'm going to say Fletcher, even though I know nothing about him. He's massive, and he's not 18-year-old. He's like 20, 21. So as a striker, I suppose you always want to watch the debutants as well. Um, how do you see it going? Um, well, I'm, I'm going tomorrow. Uh, Travelling down tonight. Um, a draw. I think a draw. I think one-one. Yeah, one-one. Um, yeah, you're exactly. I've I've just put my prediction into the newspaper for the thing that the thing that we do down here, and I've gone I've gone one-one. And I said on your show yesterday, I think both teams are capable of scoring, but neither are yeah. capable of winning in this situation. And I just think McCarthy, even though in all the press conferences. He's asked about it and he goes, oh, I'm only concentrating on Sunderland this weekend. I think he'll, he'll look at the group of two games, Sunderland away, Burton at home and say, right, four points is the four points yeah. is the target. If you draw with Sunderland and beat Burton, then the draw with Sunderland is, is, is a decent result. Um, longer term, are you going to get out of the mess? And if you do stay up, what's going to happen? And are you going to get out of the mess? And if you don't stay up, is there a scenario actually of Coleman then staying and these players being a level above and you actually getting them? Because there's got to be some point where Sunderland starts to bounce and it starts to kind of come back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah would, it has would, to. Even, would even the final drop and then, I don't know, a whole ton of points? I mean, potentially. Um, that's my doorbell ring. Who's doing it? that? I'm ignoring them, it's all right. Oh, um, That'd be the DPD man. DPD man, nothing for me, something for the wife. Um, but he, I, I, I would like to think if we go down, Coleman would stay. I'd like to think he sees it as a project that even if we go down, he can get this club back up and Sorry, potentially Graham, I'm, for, I'm just hearing that's yeah? Jason Steele at your door. He's, he's, if he's, he's, he's got a pass, he's, he's, he's going to drop it. <laughs> there we um, go. <laughs> It's all right. It'll be out the front door. Yeah, he's, he's been listening in on this conversation, and he's not ha- he's not happy at all. <laughs> Crying on the way back down the stairs. Why are you doing this to me? I, care, I really care. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I've completely screwed you no, over no. again, haven't I? Sorry. No, um, it's fine. It's good. Potential to the end of the season and what happens next season. I I don't think we're going to get out of it. I don't. I really don't. I think if you look at the the team, we're a League One team. And it, that really is bloody awful for me to say because I've got a lot of, a lot of pride in Sunderland and, and in my supporting lifetime, we've never been in what's classed as like the old third division, as my dad calls it, or League One. We've never been there. And part of me is like, kind of excited. Like I kind of want to go to Fleetwood. You know, I'll be wanting to take off. But in the reality, the reality of it is I, I don't want to have a second relegation. I don't want that. But if it means we have to go down to get rid of the dead wood and start again as a 
you know, do a Southampton, do a Leicester. And I know no, everyone Norwich, points to that. Norwich, Watford, Norwich. Man City. The only issue is I remember mentioning this to a Sheffield United fan and he says, that's all well and good, but we were down there six years. I mean, I know I know they're doing well now, but it yeah. was six years to get back. And they're a, you know, big club with a big fan base. They are. They're huge. Not, as big as, um, not as big as Sunderland, but you, you know what I'm saying. No, Sheffield United have a, a good, solid core fan base, a good stadium. Um, and I think when it comes to... It's still still wanting in there to go. Yeah, Coney wants a bit. It's Martin Bain um, <laughs> with his mask let, on. Let the games begin. <laughs> um, maybe it's Coleman. Maybe he's just like, oh, you know, I like what you're saying. Uh, we're going to stay up. Come on, positivity. Um, but I, I, I'd like to think Coleman would stay. I don't think we'll get out of it. I don't. I, I, and I, I'm not as pessimistic as most Sunderland fans are because that naturally happens when you have shit for the amount of time that we've had. But I don't think we'll get out of it. All, all I can judge that on is we've got a good manager I'm happy with, but we're still not getting the results we need. We're still not where we need to be. We're not getting out of it. I've been here before. I know how it goes in a different league maybe, but I, I know how it's going to go. I really hope and pray that Coleman stays um, if we go down because I think the players we've got, the young boys... I don't think they'll walk that league, but there's a lot of potential in that team. Um, I watched um, Hearts, obviously living in Scotland. I watched Hearts when they lost all their money and, and they went down with a bunch of young boys that got relegated with a bunch of 18, 19-year-olds. But they came back the season afterwards. It's like, bloody Kone, what's he doing? Um, but <laughs> but, <clears throat> but he... <laughs> but they, they grouped together. They learned what it was like to be in that sort of league. And they came back with like millions of points and went up like losing two games. Shut up. Um, <laughs> oh, my good Lord. Do you want to get, like get that, it? No, that guy really wants to get in. Steel isn't getting in. He ain't getting in. It's fine. Um, I, I think that when it comes to hearts they came back up and, and and they're steady in the scottish permission and i know it's a totally different ball game but i feel like if these group of boys can kind of get through this pain of going down together and regroup and want to build something under coleman put a couple of old heads in as well get rid of all that dead wood like rodwell catamull probably john o'shea is probably forever going to be here um <laughs> then potentially it could come back but i think if we do stay up i think we've really got to hope that We change ownership. Uh, that is the big thing. I think without the right ownership, we're knackered either way, if I'm honest with you. Because Ella Short, just, he's, he's, he doesn't care anymore. He gives up. He wants to get rid of the club. So he's done with it. Um, he doesn't want to stay at Sunderland. He can't find a buyer. And if we go down in League One, I don't think you'll plunge any money into it. And no one will want to come. So there's two trains of thought. Um, there's the positive thought. I think they can all regroup together and... We can do what other teams have done and, and, and build us back up. But there's the other train of thought that if we're still under Ellis Short, then we're probably just going to do a Portsmouth. Ouch. Um, yeah. Right, we'll, we'll wrap up there and let you go and have a fight with Jason Steele at the door. Um, do you want to just give one more <laughs> one more plug for the uh, podcast and the, and the website and your yeah, sure. excellent, handsome and powerful guest you had on last night? Who was that? <laughs> Mark, Mark Bain. <laughs> <laughs> with his mask um, <laughs> but, destroying um, American football pitches from, from the inside upwards maybe that's how you fix Sunderland you just get him to come through the centre circle <laughs> yes you do <laughs> don't let the games begin because um, you'll get beat um, but I think it, it, for, for us it's, it's rookerreport.com as far as I'm aware uh, we're under the SB Nation banner I think but I'm sure it's just rookerreport.com the podcast is the Rooker Report, or the Rooker Report Extra, which obviously you were on yesterday as well, which is something that they've trusted me to run. Fools. Um, um, in, in Twitter, we're quite active on Twitter, um, which is just at RookerReport.com. We're verified and all that, as I seen you were the other day. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've, what? I feel a bit like that. Yeah. What? You know, I, I, I applied to get, I, I run a, a little film club up here, which I, I love my film club. It's like my, oh, the my, tick. my baby. Oh, that, yeah, that, that tick. tick. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Me. I, I, yeah. I want that tick. I want okay. the tick. 
but you know, I, I, I applied for it and they turned me down. They were like, no, yeah. you've got like 200 followers. I was like, fine, cool, whatever. <laughs> just wait, just you wait. But yeah, there you go. But yeah, you can follow us on Facebook and whatnot as well. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Asylum Doors, which is obviously a Joy Division track. Um, people think it's quite depressing, but then again, I do like Joy Division. So there you go. And I do support Sunland. Um, but yeah, feel free to follow us, read our depressing tweets um, and revel in what probably will be your sneaky 1-0 win tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yes, please. Yes, please. Classic, classic Mick McCarthy, hopefully. Um, and just quickly on a, on a non-football thing, how many times would you ring a doorbell before you, before you give up? Because I, I'm, I'm going to ring twice. Norm, normally there's, uh, there's a, I, I forget who the comedian was. He does a sketch on, the doorbell ringing in 2018 <laughs> as opposed to the doorbell ringing in like when the doorbell rings now you run and get the gun because it's like we've been you know you, you don't ever ring anyone's doorbell where you don't know their number do you you just call no, them like I mean, I'm, I'm at the door yeah, yeah like I, I wouldn't ring what what was that like eight times i think like, i think i think he rang it 47 times i was it was, <laughs> it was just like shut up and it's over so a nine minute period <laughs> I mean, with me, I, I never answer the door. Unless you, I'm expecting someone, I never answer it. Are you in flats? Yeah, like top yeah, floor flat. Yeah, so yeah. I bet he was like the meter reader or something. And they do that thing where they just go, ah, 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 and do all of them. They're like, right, someone just let me in to read the meter, right? Yeah, and at one point I just opened the door and go, I haven't paid it, mate. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting your money for your cheek. Well, we hope you don't get relegated, Graham, so we can do another couple of podcasts. But um, Yeah, it'd be nice. You know, maybe. It's always the cup. <laughs> it's always the cup. We haven't won a cup game in decades, honestly. My God. There you go. Right, Graham, I'm going to let you um, get to the door and um, best of luck on Saturday. May the, may, may the best team win. Hopefully it's not the <laughs> don't <say> bom- that. <laughs> abominable, <laughs> abominable mess that it, that it could be. But... Um, we shall see how it goes um, obviously if you've got this far in the podcast thank you very much for watching give us a thumbs up on YouTube and a subscribe to this channel um, if you're listening on audio um, subscribe to the feed give us a thumbs up etc five star review comment on Facebook we will be back on Sunday with Dave for the full review and we shall see you then say goodbye Graham see you guys I'm going to go answer the door now the TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.